King, and this is episode two of this podcast. I'm extremely excited for this episode because I was able to sit down with the incredibly talented Alex Suarez. She is an Athens-based queen and part of the Courtesans. If you have not seen one of their shows, I highly suggest you do so. You will not be disappointed. And I had a wonderful time being able to sit down and talk with her. I think y'all will really enjoy this episode. And before we jump in, I would just like to say that this episode does feature quite a bit of explicit language. So if you are sensitive to that, I would highly suggest you skip this episode. And all right, with that, let's get into it. Hey everyone, I'm here with the beautiful and talented Alex Suarez. Hey. How are you tonight? I'm doing pretty well. It's it's a wild ride. <laughs> Just to get through a day, so I'm here. Well, thank you so much for being with me tonight. Um, and I just kind of want to go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, oh, yeah. So I kind of want to know, what was what was coming out like for you? Uh, oh my god, coming out. Uh, coming out was was very interesting. Uh, there, it like seeped out slowly, you know. It started with like one girlfriend of mine and like my secret boyfriend. And then it kind of crept into like my close friends knowing, you know, just kind of assuming through the woodwork and like following me on social media. And eventually my like closest friends knew and my, my partner at the time, he didn't press it, but he was already out and I was getting out of high school. So, and really the last step was kind of getting my mom to know. Um, but we kind of, we kind of left it up to her finding out. So essentially I was asleep one night and since we were long distance, he, uh, I'd fallen asleep with him on FaceTime and she came in to the room when I was asleep and she picked up my phone and she saw this, this boy really on my FaceTime. Uh, and you know what? She didn't say anything at all. He had told me hmm. he had let, let me know, but I was like, yo dude, I was like, if she's going to ask about it, then I'm going to just tell her. And it was probably three or four days later. Hmm. And, um, we were talking about FaceTime or Skype or something. And she was like, well, so, you know, speaking of FaceTime, who were you talking to the other night? And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, that that was my boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, how did she kind of react to that? Um, the, the first thing she said was, oh, so you, you've been lying to me. Because, I mean, from day one, my mother has always been a stickler about, like, don't lie to me. Uh. Like, just fill me in sure she was more hurt that i was kind of hiding these little things from her like telling her i was going to a friend's house but in reality i was going down to augusta georgia Mm. to be with my boyfriend or you know just kind of general things like referring to like evan as a a girl or like telling telling her that it was holly that i was talking to and Mm. in actuality it was him like so she was more upset with that. It took her some time to kind of adjust, but she literally met him like four days later that weekend. So it was pretty smooth. Well, that's good. I know. See, that's interesting. His mind was so much different. It was kind of, I had a select few people to come out to and then was like, put it just directly to everybody You've on social media. you got your good like, duties, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of feel this out, see how it goes. And I mean, either way I was going to, but it was positive reaction, which made it easier. Mm-hmm. And then just immediately just kind of threw it out to everybody. 
I think in just a, I want everyone to hear this from me sort of fashion. Yes. Um, I'm starting to notice that is not a common thing. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's really interesting. That um, I, I think for a lot of people, the, the question kind of, it, it's not that you are like afraid of what your parents' reactions will be. I, mm. And I think that's a general fear. Yeah. That's everybody's fear. But I think one of the bigger things is like, when, when is the right time? Exactly. Are we supposed to be just like riding in the car one day, and am I supposed to just turn around to you and be like, "Hey, I, I'm, I'm gay." Yeah, it's, it's not exactly an easy thing to bring up. Yeah, like, no, the, the timing is just never. <laughs> no, there's never really, there's never a good time to do it. So you just kind of, I think you have to figure out what's a, like, not a bad time to do it. <laughs> There's not. There's never a. Is she like... having a good hair day. All right, that's probably a good time. <laughs> exactly. And I don't. And I like my my stepdad. I've had stepdads, so mm-hmm. like there was no like really coming out to my father. Like I, I I knew that my stepdad was gonna find out through my mother. Sure. Um, but I mean, telling my dad was kind of a different story mm-hmm. when I was down in Lima, Peru. Like what four years ago now, I told him, and he was just like, no. <laughs> Wow. He was just like, no, I'm not at all. And then he wanted to get drunk and talk about it, but like, I don't deal with him nowadays. So oh. it's, it honestly, whatever. My mom knows and she's good and my family knows and they're good. And yeah, they know about a, drag and they know about it all. So, and I mean, at the end of the day, that's really all you can ask for. I mean, just that little bit of support. Yeah. Like, I think parents kind of owe their kids that at the very least. It's just like, yeah, you had me, and yeah, you raised me, but, like, now that I'm out on my own, like, oh, you owe me that little bit like, of support. At least a little bit of support. Yeah. No, that, that's like, all I'm asking for. Humans aren't meant to be alone, you yeah. know? We're not we're not meant to function by ourselves and without people around us to kind of build us up. You know, like, the worst thing that someone, like, that they can do to you in prison is take you away from a group of murderers and rapists and just mm. violent-ass people and, you know... Okay, the occasional dumbass who just landed in there and put you in a box by yourself. Yeah. So like, your parents are kind of doing that to you <laughs> if they if they don't acknowledge you like sure, that. Like they're, they're like they're putting you in a box. They're yeah, like, totally. Get oh. where you're kind of going is that I mean, which I've been lucky to have been very supportive, and it sounds like you have as well. Uh, have a very supportive family. Um, oh yes. Which is I'm. I don't think there's much more you can ask for with something like that. Um, which I think is really great. Uh, mm-hmm. I've noticed, and part of it is, especially coming out and starting to be more and more part of the LGBT community has been a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Because when I came out, I was in a pretty small town, Georgia. There wasn't really a community feel. So it's, I, I knew I was part of it, but I hadn't felt part of it until I started dating my boyfriend and kind of moving to a city that had more of a LGBT scene. Yeah, and, and the I, I think a lot of it is, you know, people who may not agree or may not accept in, like, a bigger city kind of situation or where there's a more populous kind of area, they're at the very least exposed to it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times what happens in these little, these little Georgia towns is that there just aren't any gay people. Yeah. So they have no idea. I knew, I know that I grew up in Oconee County, mm-hmm. which is a couple of miles down the road, but... I knew like two gay kids in my entire school. I knew that two, those two kids were gay and that's all I knew. And whenever I had like kind of figured that out about myself, I sought one of them out. And that's the only, like, 
and that was my one example. Sure. Like throughout high school, besides my two boyfriends that I had, I knew three gay people. Well, that's like I, I grew up a little farther south, down in Troop County, over close to Alabama, and that was kind of the same thing. I, I knew of a few people who mm-hmm. were uh, like a gay or a lesbian. I think there was a transgender student at our school. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that was about it. Uh, and I didn't come out until a couple of years later. But even in, even still, there just wasn't much there. So. So, so even you kind of coming out, like, you're very ignorant to it all. Yeah. Had, no, like, I didn't know when I came out, I was like, I'm a man. I like being a man. Like, I like being a really manly gay dude because I yeah. fucking played football and <laughs> I was hyper-masculine and just stupid. But, you know, I, I think the ignorance that we kind of had in our experience, that's like everybody else around us, too. Sure. And, like, like people are terrified when they know nothing about something, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, uh. Like, I don't even like going into fucking seawater, because I don't know what's down there. <laughs> exactly. I call it mystery like, water. I, I'm terrified. Yeah, when you don't know, there's this whole, either, A, you're gonna, I'm going to put on a lot of bravado and act like I know, <laughs> or B, it's, I'm not even getting anywhere near that, because I don't know a damn thing about it. And uh, I, and that's like, that's, that's just where we are. Sure. That, um, and I, I think Americans like to especially in like our generation we like to think that we're all like progressive as, oh, yeah. as like an entire country we're not no not at all we're not athens no. georgia is a is a small city in the middle of cow pastures yeah you go 15 minutes one way you're <laughs> in a cow pasture pretty much so like that's the majority of the united states yeah so but no i know that was like for me i i did the took the more the bravado of oh i know exactly what's going on here <laughs> and not necessarily getting super masculine, but was just kind of like a kind of easing into it. Now here I am. I mean, went to my first Pride Parade last yeah in October in like full makeup and yeah. I now I'm sitting here with <laughs> uh, nails painted, things like oh, that. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, it's fun. It is. It's, it's just fun. And they're saying it's, it's almost therapeutic about it as well, uh, well for me. Well, there's something about being a part of you know a community built from people who who have like stepped out of the bounds of what normal life and yeah. what like quote normal like existing is sure so when you are dealing with a, a whole community of just other people you find these little niches where you like extremely you fit in so well yeah because yeah. you were just so out there and you find you and, like that's why gay people and like people in the queer community create a family of their own outside of their blood relatives yeah. because you just find your niche of just being an outcasted just human being mm-hmm. and you find the other people that are like that well I, that's what i noticed with pride is that i was i'd never been to a pride parade before and then i went to the atlanta pride this past october and i mean we had people was with demi and i i mean, demi went in full drag yes gone uh, and i mean, we had people i we had never met before stopping and asking us for pictures like and, hey yeah, and, like, complimenting on, like, my makeup, or I had my hair dyed, or Demi in, in her makeup, and just full look, like, and it was just one of the most loving experiences, like, these are people I've never met, probably won't see again. But never see again. They were some of just the <laughs> nicest people <laughs> for those maybe two or three minutes that we stopped and talked to them. Yes. And it was just so incredible to have that sense of community. And that's, yeah. and that's like... 
that's that's like what people don't see, especially when you're like kind of coming out, yeah. Like, and you're from a small town in rural Georgia. Mm. It's like you kind of miss miss out on that, and you see and witness other people's ignorance first, mm. and other people's fears about gay people first. So when you finally decide to take that step out, you're kind of in the dark. Yeah, you're, you're like, definitely. all right, <laughs> what do I do here? Exactly. I mean, you're just not. It's one of those. I don't really. You kind of. I'm out. But what do I do next? Yeah, like, where do I go from here? It's like, I think there's a whole book about that. <laughs> I, I, I think someone literally, right when I came out, they sent me this book, and I think it's literally called, I'm out now, what do I do now? See, that would be great if they could just hand you a copy of that right <laughs> as you come out, because that's what it was like, it'd be great to have a handbook for this. Like, here, here's your brochure. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome, here's the... <laughs> You've gotten the first step done. Now here is a guide to what you need to do next. And I think something like that would be so incredibly useful. Um, and well, well, I've noticed that same sense of community as I've started to become a bigger part of the drag community. Now, mm-hmm. It's like I am not a drag queen. I've never done a any sort of drag look. But it's become more and more a part of it through Demi. Yes. Um, it's a wonderful community to be a part of, too. That's all I've noticed. Is it's such... It's, very well it's not just the queens you know queen like especially you know i i think even being a small time performer you know you're performing like maybe once a week or maybe even once every couple weeks it's nice to have someone there to help you yeah and like drag shows yeah they might be like run by drag queens and like booked by drag queens but for the most part there's people there helping yeah like do music or like you know you have your family there to help you out and that's i think what's interesting is uh it kind of leads into uh like how did you what was your first exposure to drag uh my my first exposure to drag was oh my god my first uh, (laughs) i when i turned 18 a little bar called church bar had just opened up here in athens georgia and um I was going there with, with the group of, of lesbians that I had met, literally was like 10 of them, and they were all dating each other, so I was like the only single little little gay boy, the 18-year-old gay boy with uh. these you know beautiful, tattooed 25-year-old lesbians. They helped guide me, thank sure. God. <laughs> I'm so thankful for that group of girls, because they really, <laughs> and they got me in a church bar, uh. and so... We were just there one night, and, you know, I guess the showgirl show had happened or something like that, but Miss Samaj Onyx Cox Ring and Miss Kitty Love Antoinette, mm-hmm. um, they came to the bar, and I had never seen a drag queen in real life before, but I, like, you know, I got so excited, and I walked up to them, and Samaj, first thing she did, and I, I'm friends with her now, like really good friends. She's one of the best people I know. She stuck her big wide tongue out at me and like just like flicked it really quickly. And I was like, okay, here we go. And she gave me a big old hug and a kiss and she told me how sexy I was. And that was my first experience with drag queens. But I think, um, I think after that, I was, you know, super stoked on the idea of like actually seeing a show. And I think the courtesans had. Um, I don't know if the courtesans had just started up. No, this was a showgirls show. Um, the showgirls were having shows at Kumquat May. Um, and I, with one of my girlfriends, went there. And 
saw Miss Kelly Devine and Miss Lori Devine and watched those performances, and I had the best fucking time. I had such a good time. Um, and then from then on, I kind of just, I worked downtown, so I would get out of work, figure out what drag show was going on that oh. night, and then I would go. And then eventually the courtesans came around, and I started frequenting their shows, and they were on Wednesdays oh. at um, a little place called Georgia Bar. <laughs> and that's like, I, I don't know what it was about the courtesans and like Denighton and, and um, Carmela and Samaj, but like, I just like wanted to be around them oh. all the time and at their shows and like cut up with them and hang out with them because I thought it was cool. Yeah. To be like, I mean, it is cool, but I thought <laughs> I was, you know, I thought it was awesome that I had friends who were drag queens. Sure. Even though tonight was trying to fuck me at the time, but I, just, <laughs> I let that go. I let that go. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I just, I, there was something about always wanting to just be around them and that really spoke to me. I, I definitely get that. Uh, especially with, uh, because my kind of first foray into this drag community is, uh, like, I mean, before I started dating Demi, I'd, I'd seen an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, like most people. Yes. Uh, and that was about all I knew, and I even mentioned that in my first episode, that that was kind of it. Uh, but uh, Demi at the time took me to my first drag show in Douglasville to the Divine Spaces, <laughs> which amazed me that... In my, Douglasville? My first drag show was in <laughs> Douglasville, Georgia. Where does she live? She does. I, I love her and I love following her on stuff. But sometimes <laughs> I'm like, girl, where the fuck are you performing? Because I, I have no idea half the time. Like this first one was when she was not actually in. She was just taking me to it. She had performed <laughs> in it before. Uh, and it was just, I, I think I had to get in my head that I am sitting here in Douglasville watching a drag show. <laughs> I would expect it in somewhere like Atlanta or Athens. Oh yeah, totally. I knew there was at least some sort of drag scene. Now these these little scenes that like a a friend of mine is down in, in Valdosta, Georgia, and she mm. like basically runs the scene down there now. Um, but you know they're they're a cute little group of girls. Uh, there is a small but very well known scene down in Savannah, Georgia. It's mm. these little pockets of drag in Georgia that are really good. And I think it's because there's only five or six fucking queens around, <laughs> so they I mean, like so they're constantly doing shows in whatever city they're in. Yeah, and uh, like that's and that's how you get good. You just kind of keep on keeping on. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's like I knew there was some like a scene in Atlanta, and I knew a little bit about here in Athens. Uh, but even still, it surprised me because I saw the courtesans about a month ago at the y'all's newbie night. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And it was, I mean, it was incredible. Thank you. Um, I thought it was just so much fun both to see y'all, but then to see a lot of the uh, these relatively new queens. Oh yes, all coming out and performing. Turned it the fuck out. They oh did. my it was god! Incredible. I I ended up hosting that show, but um, and I ended up doing two numbers that night. Yeah. <laughs> like I knew, like, like I remember seeing that show, and then all like having to be you were hosting it, but then having to do two numbers in it kind of having double duty that i night. you know what and i didn't get paid to do those fucking numbers <laughs> either let me just tell you what i was supposed to go that my job that night was uh, just to be there and host sure but i mean of course these girls with their damn shenanigans they put me <laughs> on which is fine 
and and I'm not one to like turn down a performance. I remember a time where I was, you know, just so gratified. Yeah. Like to even have a space to go. So like not not that I feel like elevated or anything, but it's definitely past that point where I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Blah, 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 yeah, it's, blah. it's past that. Like, oh my God, I'm just happy to have a, yeah. have a <laughs> yeah. chance. And like, you know what? That that feeling, I had that feeling for the whole fucking almost first year that mm. I was doing this. Like, it, it takes a while to kind of go away. Yeah, but... I imagine so. Like, that's... I'm like I come from a performing background, more music, uh, and I get I can feel that same thing of it. Sometimes it's just nice to have the opportunity to oh, yes. go out. Well, and that's and, why we did the newbie night. We we are you know the courtesans are kind of a staple now hmm. here in Athens. We've, we're going to go on four years this summer. Wow! So it was really nice to be able to kind of facilitate a newbie night. I'm glad we even can do that and yeah. have a crowd turn out and like you know have 10 newbie girls we booked that show and like the first few hours that we had put it out there that we were going to do it see that's what impressed me is not only the crowd that showed up to it but the amount of queens that were in it yeah i was just like yes uh, it's like we don't have to do shit bitch <laughs> I, that, see that's what impressed me because i knew let them fight over it like i knew i was going because uh demi was performing in it and then I was amazed to see at how much turnout there was. And I knew at least one or two. That was their very first performance. Yes. Well, and so, you know, just like Athens and just like in Atlanta, I, I think that there's, for, for every show that was had, there is more or less a set cast. Mm. So there's never this, like, full opportunity. And this is what I want more in the drag community. There's there's less opportunities for these new girls to kind of just get thrown into the mix uh. for a night. You know, you, I've seen girls show up to drag to every drag event and drag for fucking 10 shows before someone even maybe decided to give them a tip spot. Hmm. Sometimes not even. Yeah. Um, so I, I wish that more often that there would be like at least tip spots offered to these baby queens. They're fucking trying. They're trying. Well, that's what I thought was really neat is that it's giving them a chance to, like, even just even if they don't necessarily get their name out or some get another thing, they got to at least perform at least once. Oh, and and let me just say, like, if you are a fucking new queen and you're stepping out on that stage and you are the show director, you need to watch that bitch mm -hmm. because she or he is so excited to be out there. They're gonna. They're gonna turn it out. Yeah. Like, they're gonna feel their full fantasy, probably more than your girls who are there every week, you know? Definitely. So, why would you not try to curate that excitement in someone, See, you know? I, that's like, my feeling. I feel like the audience can tell, can feel the excitement coming from the performer. Yes. Because I know seeing some of those queens, and the few that I knew was their very first time. Like, I could feel it coming from them. Yes. Like, they were, like, almost giving it more than their all because that was their very first time ever doing this. And then when your back's hurting and your knees are about to break and you, you've been at work for 12 hours a day and, you know, fast forward to when you're, like, doing all that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's impressive. And I don't think people always get is that most of the, like, most of y'all are, y'all came from, like, working or school or oh, something. Yeah. 
And then oh, are coming yeah. out to this like tonight to go out and perform. Have to do it again the next day. And then have to come like <laughs> wake up and do it again the next day. It's uh, it's that's why it's a ride. You know, drag drag would be a little simpler and like you know, like it'd be it'd be a little bit easier to do if I didn't have school or work every day. <laughs> sure, I mean, and I think that's something that people don't always get is that you I mean, you still live a more normal, for lack of a better term, life outside of. As well, like, in addition to doing your drag shows, and there's not enough. There's not enough drag in Athens, and mm. and even some parts of Atlanta to be a full time drag queen. Yeah, you know. So, about, mm, I'm gonna say 95 percent of the queens you meet around here are like in Atlanta. They got day jobs because I mean, like, they're just as not. A, we're not a sustainable community yeah. like like up in New York or in Los Angeles, like where you can have a show seven days a week. Sure. Like, but, that's like, just not sustainable here well but. i think it's it's like a lot of things that a lot like a lot of types of performance it's just it's not easy to make it as a full-time no gig. no uh, i can't imagine that <laughs> like i know like uh with me i've had people mention well would you try for a career full-time in music so that's a that's a hard thing for me to imagine because I know professional musicians who have, have done world tours and stuff who still have day jobs exactly. because I mean, it's, it's just not it's really such sustain- a hard, sustainable life. I mean, we're artists. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. Any kind of any kind of you know making or creating, um, especially like that you're not shipping out to the masses and getting paid millions of dollars for, you're more than likely gonna have to fucking work. Exactly. Too. And that's like that's why I appreciate the queens around here, because I see people who are really, really not just working hard in drag, but they're just like working hard. They're yeah. just like trying to fucking survive, and that's what I need like audience me- audience members to know and realize. And people in the crowd is like, you know, these bitches. I'm it took them a second to get here. Exactly. Like, <laughs> this is a lot of like, work. This is, this is y'all know. Bitch, I did fucking eight hours of class today. I went to work and scrubbed in a goddamn cooler for, you know, two or three hours and then went home and painted my face and showed up here yeah, like, man, that's, just to that's do this. a lot of work to, I mean, go through your life and then go out to entertain. And so, and obviously I know when you're doing drag, you're having a good time. Oh, yes. But you're still putting on a performance. Yes. Well, and <laughs> the whole act of doing drag is a goddamn performance. And I think, again, that's what, like, people in the audience like to, to forget about is, like, you know, we're, we're like people under here. Yeah. You know, we're not in drag all the time. Exactly. We're not living this. We may look fabulous. We may look beautiful. But, you know, there's also a whole life outside mm-hmm. of like everything that we're doing well, that's like uh, step backstage at a drag show and you and you and, see how fucking stressed out exactly is. <laughs> like you realize <laughs> they're like Ugh. like on the, for those like three or four minutes like you look gorgeous you step backstage and you realize and you're fucking your eyebrows like, coming up you gotta get that wig <laughs> off because you're sweating so goddamn much you gotta figure your numbers coming up in 10 minutes and you gotta fucking like no it's yes it's fucking stressful exactly Jesus. like I mean, that, that is one thing. I just, like, I give it to y'all as performers because that is just, I cannot imagine. Well, I, I also, I think that some performers that I have witnessed to have kind of fallen into this thing, I, I think they like to forget that there's an outside life mm. as well. And I think when you are, you know, kind of coming up and you're starting up, 
you got to take care of you first. Oh, drag, yeah. drag is, that's going to be around, honey. Hmm. Like, that's going to be it. Drag isn't going anywhere. You got to make sure your shit's correct before you, like, decide that you're going to take on this as well. Because I've seen some people, not crash and burn, but kind of just throw things away, hmm. like a job or, like, you know, housing or, you know, certain things. And I'm just like... You have to take care of you first. See, I think that's a really important thing, especially from a person who's a, I would say, fairly well-established queen. Here is the here that, especially for up up and coming, is you taking care of yourself. Like, yes. Obviously, drag is important to like to these up and coming, but to make it sustainable, even just as a hobby, yeah. you've got to be able to take care of everything else going on. <laughs> If your if your head's not right and you're not like if if you're not good hmm. like I know that drag can be an outlet and like a big stress reliever and you know something to kind of give you sustenance to your just mundane fucking life because sure. trust me my life is very very fucking mundane I go to school and I go to work yeah every single day that sucks yeah. yes and drag is my outlet but I also realized that i can't let drag consume me right now because i've got i gotta finish school yeah I mean, I, i've gotta pay rent this month and a power bill and a water bill and i gotta take care of my dog and i gotta get some gas and i gotta make sure i got some groceries which i never do <laughs> See, exactly there's so much to it <laughs> there's that, more to it well that's like i'm doing this podcast is the same way just as a an outlet out of kind of the mundane of you know, going to work, getting back into school, that sort of thing. You you need cre- like you need creative outlets, but at the same time, you can't jump all just straight into it and forget. It's that. like it's like Rick syndrome. Mm-hmm. If you watch Rick and Morty, there there's that that moment that he has with that therapist where she's like, essentially, she's like, not everything's an adventure, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't you can't step away. Just because it's not exciting to do, exactly. like, like that—that's—that's that's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, unfortunately, part of life is that there's a lot of mundane to allow you to take on the adventure. Yes, and just like fucking take care of it, and then you yeah. know, at night, get into full geesh, fill your fucking fantasy, and be really dead tired at work the next day. <laughs> but and, and like, yeah, I mean, but, and, but take some pictures, <laughs> you know. I hate it when a girl is like. Girl, I had such a good time last night, and I looked so fucking good, but I didn't take no pictures, bitch. Well, it takes two seconds to ask someone to take a picture of you. Exactly. Like, real quick, with some flash. Y'all, y'all take some pictures with flash. Because if you don't, you didn't work on that face for three <laughs> hours for nothing. Where, have someone put the fucking flash on you. See, well, that's like, uh, <laughs> even when I, uh, when I, for the Pride Parade, when I didn't do my makeup, you, I mean, best believe we had pictures taken, because I'm... And I didn't have a full thing done because it yes. was my very first time. But even still, we were we were both like, okay, we look good. We need to have some pictures taken because... Well, I mean, even if it's not for, for social media purposes. Yeah, it was just for the fact of, I feel good about this. Yes. I want to like, be able to see this. You because, worked on it. Exactly. Like, it's one of those, I mean, it'll probably inevitably end up on social media, but it, that wasn't, it's, uh, that was not the primary purpose of me doing mm-hmm. this. It's like, we look good. I want to be able to you know, keep this around because we worked on this and it turned out really good. Well, it's also good to have, you know, your progression and yeah. like, 
you know, having this 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 image of you can do so much more than you know be good content. It can like be a footnote mm-hmm. of like where you were at this time and what you looked like. When I am six months down the road and I go back and look at that picture, what can I look at? myself in that moment and be like okay i've really stepped this this and this up Mm. or i've changed this and this and i like this or i need to go back to that because i look like shit right now (laughs) you know like i think that's a good way of looking at it though (laughs) i had not thought about that is that there's both the i mean literal looking at it however far in advance and saying what do like are there things i need to go back to or look that way and there's a little more of the a little more of a symbolic of kind of not necessarily looking at the picture for what it physically is, but at the time it was or something. Mm -hmm. Do I, like, am I in somewhere better than I was or do I need to try and get back to where that was? Yes. And I think that's really important. Um, That's that's why I, and that's why I use social media mm. so frequently. And and I think I've seen some of, I've kind of followed suit because the people that I've seen that are really successful – without being on RuPaul's Drag Race, have this social media presence. Mm. And they have this open portfolio to their life and, like, you know, how their drag is, like, changing things. Mm. Or how... It's just such a summary of, like, kind of what a performer can be and who they are. And, yeah, you're not seeing people's mistakes... You're not seeing their fuck-ups. You're not seeing, like, how bad it can be for them. But what you are seeing is, like, them putting it out there. Yeah. And them, and them working. I see girls who who post a lot and who have all this content and stuff. And I'm like, I just automatically have respect. Because I'm like, bitch, you're working. Exactly. You're fucking working more than I am. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, goddamn. And I know that that's not everybody's bag. I know that everybody doesn't like being out there. But, I mean, bitch, it worked for me. Yeah, it can like, work for you. Exactly. It's, like, <laughs> it's it got me paid. Yeah, I mean, it, I worked, like... it, was, it worked for me. It could work for you. It yeah. not, but, I mean, if it, if it has the chance, why not do it sort and, of thing. And, and it go, kind of goes back to, like, you know, if you want someone to take a picture of you, They'll take a picture of yeah, you. Like, like, they'll fucking do it. Just like you can walk outside and be like, girl, I need a cigarette. And someone's like, here you go. Exactly. You're in drag. People get it. Yeah. They understand that it's, it, like, it sucks. Like, your dick's in your asshole. Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, they, it's one of those that, I mean, they, they'll they definitely work with you and they understand, like, if you want a picture or something, that it will take two seconds. Just like, hey, I'm sure you can go up to anybody in that show. And like, like, and get the right, get that one friend, get exactly. that one friend that that knows. <laughs> I I have uh, Trevor, Miss He, oh. and Lisa Couchlocker. Those bitches know how to take pictures of me. I don't ask <laughs> anybody else to take pictures of me because those are the only two bitches that know how to take pictures of me in drag. And I don't know what it is. There's just like a certain angle and like certain the way the flash hits you, like. Me, Lisa, and Miss Heat all know how to, like, do that for someone. Hmm. I wish that I had a fucking camera and I could take pictures for these bitches. <laughs> Girl, I would make you look right. I would make you look so good. 
because I don't know. That's just that's been part of my success is yeah. documentation. And sure. I know that and I I know, I know, I know that that's not everything to everyone, but it has seriously kind of pushed me over this, like, you're just a local queen. It's Mm. pushed me a little farther than that. Yeah. I perform in two cities pretty currently, like, pretty frequently. Yeah. Like, it helps. It helps. Definitely. Like, if it's something that can help you, then there's certainly nothing wrong with keeping doing that. But also, if it's a hobby, then, like, let it be your hobby. Yeah, it's one of those just kind of, I think it's important to kind of know, like, to what capacity is this, or is this is drag filling for you? Yes. Yes. Uh, and, if it's, and if it's fulfilling you and you want to fucking do it, do it. Exactly. Like just, but take care of you first. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's the most important is to, to always go back to is take care of you yeah. and everything else will kind of fall in line. Drag can be part of your therapy, but bitch... Make sure you got a car, you got a roof, and you got somewhere to fucking eat. Exactly. That's I think it's so important for people and both in and out of the drag community, like with whatever they may be like whatever performance they may be doing in, I think that is one of the biggest things to hear is that don't like don't get overwhelmed by it. That yeah. you, to the point where you forget about everything else yeah. until everything else starts crashing down and around you. Can you can say no to a show. Yeah. You can... No no one is going to be mad that you're like, I can't do this. Mm. And I, I think that was my big fear, too, when I had first kind of started up. I didn't miss shows because I was, you know, really terrified for whatever reason. But I don't miss work either. Uh. So, like, I guess that was kind of it. But, like, feel free to say no. Mm. Because sometimes it's just not going to... It just... It's not going to work for you. Yeah. Like, like, and that's fair. And mm. people understand that. Like, that's really fair for you to be like, girl, I don't know. Like, uh, I can't today. It's, yeah. It's just one of those, I mean, like anything, it's, you can't always make it everything. Uh, and I don't think, like you said, I don't think anyone would expect you to. Um, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe if you got some fucking sticklers or whatever, but like, I don't see anybody in, you know, Athens, Georgia or East Atlanta or Maybe in Midtown, <laughs> but I I don't I don't know those queens as well. But uh, like, no one's gonna be mad at you. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> um, I know going in and to get the one thing I wanted to ask is about in drag. It seems like one of the biggest things I told you this even before we started interviewing is your drag name. It seems like the <laughs> first thing I'm always asked is when I mention that I date a drag queen is, oh my gosh, what like wh- what is her name? Her Where name? did it come from? <laughs> And I'm like, and it's one of those, I don't know, I don't know if they, like, they just use a name generator, or if it's just, like, <laughs> right off the spot. I was like, I'm not a drag queen, so I don't know. I so, I, like, for me, I'm always, that's kind of one thing I'm always curious by, because I, I have met some queens with some very far out there names, <laughs> uh, and some of the more relatively normal, like, with Demi Valentine. I kind of get where that comes from. Yeah. Uh, and even uh, Alex Suarez is one that's, more, a little more on the more normal side from what I've heard <laughs> compared to some. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious sort of where that came from. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I did have a drag name for a little while. Mm. For, for a little while being like one show. I went by Alexandria Lucia. <laughs> oh, very nice. Oh, it was, she was some girl that I knew. 
And, like, I loved her name. I thought it sounded regal, but no one could fucking say it. No one. No one could say it. They were like, hush, hush, hush. No one could say that shit. And, you know, I was fucking young. I didn't, I didn't care. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I, I think my drag name, like, having it be Alex Suarez was kind of a defining moment for mm-hmm. me. Um, because Denight and Day and Carmela... Um, they just asked me, they're like, girl, why don't you just go by your name? Like, mm-hmm. it's androgynous, you do very androgynous drag, because at the time, I was, you know, just poor, I didn't have any wigs, so I just perform without a wig on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fishnet. <laughs> um, but, I, it kind of, I think my drag name, staying my name, my legal name, was this moment for me where I was like, okay. I am not a character. Mm. There's nothing about me as a drag queen that's a character. It's just me. That's like, really It's just like, it's just this extension of me. And I kind of processed this with, you know, who was I a long time ago? I was this. I played football. I played soccer. I played mm. lacrosse. I wrestled. I did everything I thought a man should be doing. Mm. And like, that was who I was. I was, but I loved it. I loved playing sports. I loved being involved in my community in that way, in that sense. And, and it wasn't just sports. It was the community building Mm. that had attached to me. So I thought about it whenever they put that out there. I was like, yeah, I am Alex Suarez still, but I'm also still Alex, Alex Suarez in drag mm-hmm. but this is like a different this is the extension of me this is sure. my feminine side this is my big fuck you to my old life but it's still me mm-hmm. and I still enjoy both I still go wrestle yeah every yeah. week I still go help out our high school mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm fucking in heels three hours later after I get out of wrestling practice yeah so I I definitely didn't want to have a character mm-hmm. And I think I knew that going into it all because I was like, this is just a hobby, you know, this is just for funsies. Yeah. But there was no character and I knew that I was a character in myself. Like sure. I, I knew that about me. I got a big mouth and a lot of attitude <laughs> and I'll smile in your face but cuss you out all at the same time. <laughs> like <laughs> See, I think that's really interesting that not seeing it as a either different persona or a character but just as an extension of who you are Mm -hmm. and keeping and using your legal name Mm -hmm. uh i think that's a really kind of an interesting way to do it well and that's why that's why my pronouns are very arbitrary Mm -hmm. like people ask me what they are and i'm like whatever you think Mm -hmm. whatever you wanna because i have people that know me from from different points in my life sure and being called he or she or being referred to as they like i started realizing that it was coming all from like different parts of my life that mm. it really stopped mattering to me a long time ago and i kind of got this thought in my head too i was like well yeah if ginger's a construct like does it really matter what like pronouns people call me like yeah like, like does it really matter and I was like, no, it doesn't. And yeah, I mean, 
and I do realize, and I am in full realization that, like, you know, you have people who have their pronouns, and they stick to their pronouns, and they've either fought for those pronouns, or in, like, and they, like, and I will respect anybody's pronouns. Oh, of course. But, y'all are also preaching that gender is a construct, too, mm. so, like, I don't know, girl. Because <laughs> that's, like, I mean, for me, it's always been he and him, but there hasn't been really a reason for it not to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll have someone be like, hey, girl, every once in a while. Yeah, it's one of those, it doesn't even, and it, it doesn't and phase it doesn't me doesn't phase you. And, and I think, God, I, I wish, I wish that that pressure was kind of taken off hmm. sometimes. Like, I, I realize that, you know, people have their ways about them and I will respect that all day. But every once in a while, I will fuck up and I will say, hey, girl, to you know, a trans man or, or something mm. like, and I, I don't mean it. And no, of course like, not. Nobody mm. means it. Like I say dude a lot. Yeah. Like it's not, it, that's, it's because I am so gender arbitrary. Sure. And I don't, and I don't exactly, but that's like part of my experience and I can't speak on other people, but I definitely kind of wish that pressure was taken off of people. I, de- I definitely understand that. Oh. Like, I, Ugh. <laughs> so no, it's all it's that's that's like like you said it's like I've been especially the more I get drag things someone come in just doing something like hey girl something like that or yeah. vice versa it doesn't I phase me it respond all the same it's just oh okay well I yeah and and you know I'm not I'm not trans so that's yeah. definitely out of my experience and I can't speak on it but exactly I I think that there is a lot of pressure nowadays for people to get everything right Mm -hmm. all the time and that's just a lot to ask of people especially when you are in a world like drag where you know what we do is about the play of gender Uh, and about the extremes or about like you know what you can be from your imagination yeah like becoming the image of your own imagination is what we're doing here like we're creating magic so let's take all this pressure off of right and wrong sometimes because it's just hard well that's like when i was i bi and so because i'm dating a guy a lot of people refer to me as gay and it's not a big deal because i'm to especially people not part of the lgbt community that's what it looks like and Mm -hmm. it's one of those like it when I, I think when I very first came out, it didn't necessarily bother me, mm-hmm. but I would notice myself correcting people because I was like, I want to make sure you get it right. Yeah. Now it's just like, whatever. I was like, I, it doesn't matter because yeah. that's that's the biggest thing is the title doesn't matter to what it is because I know where my attractions lie, but. But you don't. So how how can I expect you to get that right? Exactly. You know? It's like, like you, you, you like you notice that I'm like dating a man. How would you know that? And I I tend to have generally preferred men to women but even still like how would i know like how can i expect anyone to to know that, know that unless yes uh, they, unless they just previously talked about it or something like that like and i feel like that's asking a lot of somebody to try like to either ask or even to go ahead and assume yeah and, and i and i know that you know you don't owe people an explanation about yourself for the most part. Yeah. Like, you don't know people that. You know, and if someone fucks up, 
you they also don't deserve your energy and exactly like, like, if they're fucking up and they're fucking up because of out of their ignorance if you correct them you know people for the most part will yeah you know, switch it up and they'll be like okay yes i'm i apologize like i'm so sorry i think it's the the aggression of, mm. of some people sometimes and i just i wish that that wasn't a thing i wish that wasn't a thing i know that you don't owe anybody an explanation i know but sometimes people just fuck up yeah like sometimes yeah and, they, like, and if you correct them in a way that they feel some they that you get some understanding yeah like like then they will make sure What's more a, often than not to correct I, that action. Well, I feel so many times that people, if they make a mistake, it just comes from a place of misunderstanding, not intentionally trying. Oh, yeah, because you'll definitely fucking know if someone's coming at you. Oh, yeah. You'll you'll know. It's very obvious when someone is, like, intentionally trying to do something, or if they just accidentally, like, misuse a pronoun or, like, mislabel or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. And, and I... I guess I'm just so disattached from labels right now, and this is mm. this is why I, I feel this way. You know, like being referred to as gay or or whatever. Like like you said, it doesn't really affect me. I consider myself queer. Mm. I am on the spectrum somewhere. Sure, I know I am. I have dated trans men. I have dated. I don't. I've never dated a trans woman officially, but like mm. I have like hung out with some trans women. I hung out with men i've had sex with women i've like i've touched on on the spectrum yeah at at different points i don't even know where the fuck i am on the kinsey scale you know like Mm. i don't know so (laughs) i know that people are can be attached to like these certain things about them but i also think it's important for people to let go i think so and just like take that stress off yourself Exactly. Like, I think I think sometimes that's one thing that people stress a little too much about is, like, when they start finding like maybe attractions that are not the norm per se, is starting to really okay. It becomes a yeah, like oh, straight oh, men that like to suck dick. Like, bitch, that doesn't mean you're gay. It just means you like to suck dick. If you like fucking your bitch every night and sucking some dude's dick in the fucking AM, like, go ahead. You are straight. You were straight. Sure, it, I think I'm it not becomes, gonna try to convince you otherwise. I think it becomes that people lose, like, almost become too uh, caught up with, okay, well, where do I fall on the spectrum? Like, at some point, it becomes, does that really matter? Yeah. Just like, if it's a construct and we're all like, and we're all on this fucking spectrum and nobody knows the fucking right answer. It's like to me, it becomes at the end of the day, date who you want to date, love who you want to yeah. love, and just kind of. Go about life the way you want to. And also, who's making the rules? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Who's, like, who's making these rules? I don't even know. I have no, no idea. No, but I, I will. I will seriously. I respect and care and, like, will give you every bit of, like, I, I don't even really use pronouns. That's mm. the thing. And I think, and I, I don't know. That's, that's why it's hard for me. Because... I don't even really use pronouns. When sure. I refer to someone, if they're a drag queen, I'm probably going to refer to them as she. Yeah. But in general, if I'm referring to somebody, I use their name. I, I, mean, I think that's the way a lot of people are. Just to kind of eliminate just like the fans or butts about it. Yeah, just go ahead. And, and if I don't know their name, I'm like them, mm. that person over there. Sure. I don't know who the, I don't know their fucking name. I've met them like 20 times, but I don't know their fucking name. Sure. 
Uh, Baby queens, remember people's <laughs> names, damn it. <laughs> if there's any advice you can learn from the podcast today, it remembers people's names. Uh, and sometimes that's what's funny to me is that like I'll meet people and like, I went to uh, a pride party before the pride weekend and seeing a lot of these queens outside of drag, but only knowing their drag name. Yeah. So I'm seeing these like men dress as men looking normally. But still referring to them as whatever sort of drag name they have. Yeah. One of the strangest experiences mentally trying to connect to that. Well, uh. <laughs> and, and that becomes, I, I think, that, that'll become kind of second nature to you. But and it kind of took me a while mm. to, to get that way. But yeah, now I, my drag queen friends that I have, I refer to them and, and they're just like, I didn't know .com's name, hmm. her real name, until like a month ago. See, it's, it's the star. <laughs> like, see, it's the exact opposite with me though. With my boyfriend, I have trouble, especially at shows. I have to get used to if I'm talking about her, using Demi. Exactly, I have to yeah. use Demi instead of his real name. Uh, like if I'm talking directly to him, I'll generally use he and him and refer to him as his real name. Whereas if I'm talking about and about her using she <laughs> and her and using Demi, because I'm yeah. so used to seeing him away from drag shows that I'm just used to using his and people and people that see Demi out see Demi mm. and very rarely Dimitri. I don't yeah. even think I've met Dimitri yet. I think I've only been around Demi, uh. which I mean, granted that is the same person exactly and like that's that's the point everybody's everybody's for the most part the same i know people who you know have these characters and stuff but when it comes down to it if you sit down and talk to them for more than a few minutes you're like oh oh yeah the biggest that's exactly the biggest are. difference i notice is there's just a a shift almost in confidence when you're up on stage but i think that's any performers that you're kind of where you feel comfortable so you're going to be kind of exuding more confidence than you might normally I, I definitely kind of find myself shying away in, in certain social situations when I'm yeah. out. But that's just because I don't trust nobody. Sure. Like, <laughs> and I, also when I'm out, like, I'm with my friends. I, if you're a rando, not, if you are, like, know me and want to speak to me, that I'm more than welcome. But if you are just some random Becky who's just drunk and is like, yeah, cigarette, like, I'm going to be like, no, girl. Like, yeah, and no. Don't really want to give you the yeah. time of day. Like, that's... I'm past that point in my life where I'm trying to meet these new Beckys and have a exactly. new best friend every week. Exactly. Like... I've got my five people that I deal with, and that's about all I can handle. It's like, look, I've got five people. I just, I don't have room for a six. <laughs> this is all I can handle. Uh, but no, I think that's like that's the biggest thing. And I think sometimes, and even I had trouble with it right when we started uh, dating, was separate, like realizing there's not a separation in the performer and the person mm. that it's all the the biggest difference is they look different yeah but at the same time they're at the end of the day they're still the same person oh my gosh and i i'm pretty sure i said a little bit ago i think people like to forget mm. that underneath all this makeup underneath this wig and this costume like there is a person that functions every single day yeah mm. and we're not functioning as this this drag queen or this drag king or exactly this, this drag thing we don't function that way you're catching us in a very small mm -hmm. point in our day a very small point in our life like 
So, I don't know. It's 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 kind of not up to people who aren't in the community to like make that connection, but I think when you do see someone outside of drag, you know, when they're at a show or they're out or something, I think kind of bombarding them is it's very stressful yeah for most for most people outside of drag and you know certain people can handle it i don't handle it very well I'll smile in your face and be like yes hello blah 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 but like on the inside i'm i'm very nervous sure because it's just it's just a weird thing to have somebody who you don't know at all mm-hmm. walk up to you and tell you things about yourself yeah i mean i can only imagine that being a very kind of a pretty strange thing to happen because mm-hmm. And most of the and most drag queens are really, really weird gay boys <laughs> <laughs> who hang out and play video games or watch fucking anime. I don't know. Pretty so, much. I mean, like, it's 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 very it's a weird interaction for us. So yeah, I feel I mean, like I feel like people should kind of take note and, and be like, all right, I probably shouldn't approach. I'm really drunk right now. I probably shouldn't approach them right now. I probably should approach them. Yeah, like, like two hours ago. <laughs> you know, it kind of goes like like anybody. <laughs> It's like, put yourself in that same position. Yes. Oh, because, my God. Like, oh, my God. The, right now, they're not the performer. They are the person. Yes. Like, I'm it, Alex Suarez out of drag. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they it, are just being, like, like, they are no longer performing. They are just out, hanging out, trying to have a couple drinks, yeah. that sort of thing. And in retrospect, like, it is it is very gratifying. And it is yeah, of course. such a beautiful thing. I am so happy that I can exist in a community where I can be a drag queen and, like, have people walk up to me and be like, oh my god, you're Alex Suarez, this and this and this yeah. and this. Like, that's great. That's amazing. But sometimes, I'm just, like, me and my partner of two years just ended things very mm-hmm. recently. Back up to last week, I was drinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I had a poor little girl come up to me and start talking to me and I was really fucked up and I was just like look oh gosh I was like I'm real drunk right now I don't know who you are like I'm sorry hey yeah cause she just kept tapping me on my back and I do remember that she just kept tapping me uh. and I could hear her talking to her friends about like blah 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 blah, blah but like trying to get my attention and it just like eventually pissed me off so if you heard that girl I am so sorry <laughs> and you're listening to this I apologize I was drinking about me and my ex-boyfriend. I mean, that, that's understandable. <laughs> the, um, especially that someone just like constantly tapping on you or something like that. Like that. Oh, I don't like that. Name. That I in just, and of itself mm, is it's just rude, obnoxious, and just not okay. Yeah. But it definitely does not help. The circumstances given definitely are not, were not <laughs> ideal to be having someone just come up, to, like some completely random person come up to you and tapping on you. That's, I, I'm not afraid to be rude to a random person. <laughs> I'll cuss you and your ugly kid out. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think, but I think that's one of the big things is that I think people need to understand is that, in a spot, because I I realized that coming from someone who'd never been around drag that often is that there is no difference between the person you see performing. And that person, when they walk out from backstage without the makeup, like, just in, like, boy clothes or whatever it may yes. be, there is absolutely no difference. There isn't. Um, and I think that's one thing that, I think it is like that with a lot of performers that, uh, 
people tend to forget that there's no difference between when you're up on stage and when you're when they're like just walking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's they're the same person, and it's one of those obviously you're happy to talk to somebody. Oh yes, but read the situation a little bit. Oh yes, and that there you go. That's that's what I'm looking for. Read the situation. Like, just take that extra. <laughs> I say this all the time. I'm like, take that extra second. Mm-hmm. That you know, that one second of thought. Just take it. You know, because yeah, like, some people are so fucking impulsive. Like, is does this look like it's a good time to go and talk right now? <laughs> yes. Like, just Am, is she in the midst of conversation right now? I'll wait. Exactly. Like, Things like I that. Approach like, her. And like yeah. that's it's just it's those social cues and. You know, 90% of the populace doesn't have any kind yeah. of fucking social cues well, at this like, point in life, but it's whatever. Much like, you know, people, I mean, it's just people get excited because that is, to them, you're, I mean, they just saw you perform or yeah, know who you yeah. are, and so they're excited to have a chance to meet, but even still, it's one of those, just read it for, like, five seconds, is it like, are they talking? Are they like engaged? Am I, am I walking off stage, <laughs> blotting my fucking forehead, like exactly. trying to get to the back? Like, don't grab me. Yeah. Don't grab me, please. Like, exactly. I'm, I, just give me a, just a second. I'll come. I'll come right back. Yeah. Up. It's like, uh, just <laughs> they'll be back in a minute. You can grab them in. Just kind of wait and let it. Just again, it comes down to read the situation. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and I know of all this uh, talking about performing, I just want to know before we end. Uh, where can people find you to perform, uh, perform at? Well, if you are in the Athens area, um, you can catch me performing every month, um, twice a month with the Courtesans. We have, um, our monthly so- show at Church Bar every third Thursday. And we have also our newest venue is Wayward Nightclub. And that is every... fourth friday (laughs) if you follow me on social media you'll find out but um yeah and then i i also i just do like random things in atlanta Mm -hmm. whenever we'll see magazine asks me or whenever you know someone like taylor alexander asks me to do something i'll be like yes because and that those are just so random and spread out at this Mm -hmm. point which i'm thankful for but my real excitement and what I'm really excited for is starting January, um, I get my own show. Oh, really? I'm starting my own show. That's exciting. Um, and I'm calling it Femme. Hmm. And it's every first Thursday at church here in Athens. And um, I've taken some big inspiration from Miss Brigitte Bidet, um, because she used to run a weekly show called Toss Salad. Hmm. And the only consistent thing about that show was her and the rest of the cast was rotating. Mm. And, you know, when I was kind of coming up, the pinnacle of drag for me was performing at Toss Salad. Mm. And, you know, I got my tip spot as a baby queen. And, like, from then on, I was in the mix. And the idea of, of curating a different cast and, like, having one tip spot for a baby queen is, like... It was just so revolutionary to me, but also seeing burlesque performers and like kings and all these things that she would do, it just gave me so much inspiration that I'm going to start doing that myself here. I have a month in between, though. I can't imagine doing it every week. I have a fucking month. (laughs) But every 
first Thursday. Then look out for a bitch. If you're trying to get booked, hit your girl up. <laughs> I am doing bookings now. Well, that is exciting. Uh, congratulations for that. Hmm. I'm so excited. Well, I know. Uh, I just want to say good luck with that. And oh, yeah. Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yay! Uh, it was a pleasure having you. <laughs> thank you. Of course. Uh, I'd love to have you back on sometime, especially after your show starts. Yeah. Uh, of course. Um, and until next time, everyone, uh, keep spreading the love. <laughs>